What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. That's right. That's a long name. We'll talk all about the evolution of this WGC event. But before we do that, let's look back at the 3M Open. Shout out some of you guys who had a great week. I know it was kind of carnage all over the place when four out of the top five most expensive players all failed to play on the weekend. I know I got my butt kicked, but not all of you did. So just want to shout out a couple of notables that made their way into my inbox or into my Twitter feed. Uh, congrats, Christian Ballhawk. First week using the tools turned $12 into $125. Brian Cannon won what looked to be about $180. Dollars. Callum McCaslin, 25 into 365 with his head-to-head parlays. Michael Lakner, maybe I'm pronouncing that correctly. How about this ROI? $4 into 400. Thank you, Michael Thompson, for the outright. Uh, Mitch Quinnell. 150 into 835. Another great week, Mitch. Congrats. Scott Putnam. Uh, turned his $10 into $1,100 with a Michael Thompson outright. Congratulations. Matt Cullen, this was a fun one, uh, turned his 166 into 2100 He was kind of DMing me throughout the week. Like Thursday, it was like 8000 Friday, it was like 6000 It was, you know, it was just like he was in contention all week long, which is always cool to see. Win a couple thousand bucks, take that every single time. And then Andrew Brown, who has just been... Uh, literally scorching hot, uh, unstoppable at the moment. Bet $139 on Michael Thompson to win the golf tournament. Returns $15,290. Andrew, you are sick. I love it. Congratulations. That is awesome. So even in a week uh, where I know the vast majority of us got kind of killed, uh, there were still plenty of winners out there and notable. So congrats to everybody. I have other winners as well. Uh, in the draw for a month subscription to rickrungood.com. Be a part of this community. Go use the tools. Try to get yourself on uh, the shout-out list for the week. Uh, Josh Kissler, I've reached out to you. Shoot me an email. I'll get you set up. And then at NateNN86, I drew your name as well. If you would like to be entered in a drawing, for a month subscription to rickrungood.com. Go see all the tools. Things are updating all the time. I've got a new tool. I'm going to show you this week. A little something, something. Uh, to join us in the Slack channel. Sweat on the weekends with us. It'll be a lot of fun. Two ways to enter that draw. If you're here on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell because there's going to be some new content this week. Uh, in a no-cut event like we have this week there are some more intriguing options for weekend fantasy golf and i've been playing one over the past couple of weeks i'm going to share that with you later so make sure you hit that notification bell and then just leave a comment below let me know who's going to win the wgc fedex st jude invitational that's one way the other way, and you can do them both, is to go leave a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes for the podcast version of this show. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. You can search that. You can search Rick Run Good. I'll leave a description or a link in the description below. Go leave a five-star rating and review. Say something nice about the show. Leave me your Twitter handle so I can get in touch with you, and that will get you entered into a draw as well. All right. 
interesting field we've got this week. 45 of the top 50. We've also got a, a no-cut event for the first time in the restart. We're going to talk through all of that. Let's jump into it. All right, WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational, TPC Southwind. This is a course that has been on the PGA Tour Rota for a long time because this was the host of the FedEx St. Jude Classic, I think it was called. And then last year, it got the elevated WGC status. Okay, so that is, uh, this took over what was called, what, the Bridgestone Invitational, right? That's no longer on the schedule. This is that WGC event uh, now being played at TPC, or still being played at TPC Southwind. So we're going to talk about that when we get over to the cheat sheet. You've got um, event history, which is WGC FedEx St. Jude event history. So there's one year of that, and then we've got uh, TPC Southwind history which is from the regular tour stop so a little bit confusing but we'll be able to parse through it as we go uh but the point of it is tpc southwind is of course we've seen a ton it's a par 70 it's 7200 yards it is bermuda grass and the reason that i bring that up is because we are looking at the course key stats tool and there is a new section in the middle and it is the grass specialists section so what i've done is compiled all of the Different course information for every course on the PGA Tour and actually a few more than that and uh, started to cut out the stats based on a lot of different things. But what you're looking at right now is guys who putt well on Bermuda grass greens. Now, personally, I think that the different grass type thing is usually overblown. Uh, I think that... There are a lot of other factors that go into just if a guy has success on Poana, on Bentgrass, on Bermuda. However, every time we talk to players, they tell us this is a real thing. Um, you know, my big thing is there's some, sometimes there's not a huge sample size with it, but I, I understand the importance of it. So I am going to continue to offer this moving forward. And the way that this looks is um, I've got every player in the field. Uh, and then I've got like the top guys and I've got the bottom guys as well that that show uh, their strokes gain putting their baseline, their strokes gain putting on Bermuda alone. And then, of course, the difference in that is what makes them a specialist. So here's a really good example. Matthew Fitzpatrick's baseline for strokes gain putting is about a half a stroke per round on the positive side. He's a pretty good putter. But on Bermuda, it's about three quarters of a stroke better. Uh, now, that would make his specialist number 0.28. So he is 0.28 strokes better per round on Bermuda than his baseline is. Okay, that is the way to read this. And he has the best number of anyone with a significant enough sample size. I have 137 different rounds of him on Bermuda grass in my database. So this is a large enough sample size. Victor Perez uh, is actually the top specialist, but I only have 12 rounds on him. So keep that in mind as you're looking through this. And then there's the anti-specialists. Those are the opposites. Those are the guys that are worse on Bermuda. My buddy, Bern Viesberger, unfortunately, much worse on Bermuda than he is normally. He's not a very good putter in general, uh, but he's actually uh, almost four-tenths of a shot per round worse on Bermuda. Um, so you can go through these and then the whole field is here as well. 
Now, key stats for this week. You might have seen it. Uh, absolutely uh, tiny greens here at TPC Southwind. 4,300 square feet. Some of the smallest on average on the PGA Tour. So it is no surprise that the, the most important common stat for this week is strokes gained around the green. There were only six other courses on the PGA Tour where strokes gained around the green is more important than it is at TPC Southwind. And then you get strokes gained putting, and then you get birdie or better percentage as well. Those are kind of the top three, and we do have a lot of history at this event, so it's, it's, it's nice to be able to run these regression models accordingly. Uh, just to kind of put this into perspective, so let's sort by strokes gain around the green here and see who in the field uh, stands out. Well, Jason Day, he's the best player in the field in strokes gain around the green. He's $8,200. Then you get someone like Brant Snedeker. He's $6,400. Matt Wallace is $67. Mackenzie Hughes is $64. And Sergio Garcia is $8,000. Those guys round out the strokes gained around the green metric. You can obviously go through and click through all the other ones here. Uh, birdie or better is going to be important, but we really need to talk about the impact of the, the no cut event, right? So let's, let's jump over to the cheat sheet. Five golfers over $10,000 led by new number one player in the world. John Rahm, 11400 Rory McIlroy, 11002 Bryson DeChambeau at a flat 11000 Justin Thomas, 10-7. Patrick Cantlay, 10-1. My initial assumption is that a lot will congregate towards Bryson at 11000 and Justin Thomas at 10700 I think that is very fair. I, it, you know, we talk about the number one player in the world, but since the restart, which is a very tangible date to kind of start, like, I don't know, power rankings, so to speak, Bryson DeChambeau has been by far the best player on the face of the earth. He's got five, those five top tens going back to Arnold Palmer. He's got the win at the Rocket Mortgage. He missed the cut at the Memorial, but we know that was a... 10 he took on the 15th hole on Friday, which was uh, honestly bad decision making more so than bad uh, actual golf playing, if that makes sense. So I think he eats up a lot of the ownership at 11,000. I think Justin Thomas, who quite frankly, Justin Thomas, there's a scenario in which he becomes the number one player in the world this week. Uh, there's actually a scenario in which Rom, any any of Rom McElroy or Justin Thomas could be the number one player after this week so I mean that's a testament to how good Justin Thomas has been playing despite the fact that he should have won the workday charity open and he did not uh and he probably feels like it's one that got away but he's absolutely awesome of course he finished 12th here last year you know it, it's gonna be weird right I think because four of the five golfers from four of the top or uh, highest salaried golfers from last week missed the cut I wonder if people are going to opt to make more balanced builds this week, uh, especially because the, the field is so deep. I mean, you look at this field. I mean, Brooks Koepka is 92. We'll talk about him. Uh, you know, Gary Woodland's 8,600. These are names that people like to play. Tommy Fleetwood's back. So I think people, because of the recency bias, will opt for more balanced builds. I don't know if you need to do that. I like getting one of the top $10,000 guys this week. Uh, I mean, even Rory, even Rom. I mean, if you can afford to build lineups around them, uh, I, I think Rom is 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 fine because he's he played so well at the Memorial. He played so well in his last five rounds. Uh, Rory's the sleeping giant here, right? Rory's the guy who's been underperforming 
might go under owned here because you have Rom at the top, you have Bryson and JT below him. I'm not sure what the argument to make for Rory McIlroy is outside of the game theory angle and that he might be the lowest owned of the top tier players. So uh, that in itself is a very appealing option. Uh, don't forget that Webb Simpson finished second here uh, last year to Brooks Kepka. He's coming off the miscut, the memo- Memorial, but he won the RBC Heritage. That's all good. Um, let's look at Terrell Hatton. Terrell, actually, you know what? Before we get to Terrell Hatton, let's talk about Xander Shoffley because Xander is a guy who gets a lot of pub in these um, no-cut events. So I'm actually going to pull up his strokes gain numbers by round here. Um, historically, Xander's been pretty good in no-cut events. He has a WGC win under his belt. Um, he's won, what, uh, Tournament of Champions, where he just absolutely kind of barnstormed Gary Woodland. Uh, that might have been two years ago, right? Where he you know goes out, shoots like a 62 on Sunday, steals it from Gary Woodland. Probably should have won the Tournament of Champions this past year. Couldn't get up and down from the side of the green on 18. But, like, he's a guy, and I want to try to – let me try to do this by date. I think this will be better. <clears throat> um, yeah, here's here's what's interesting about Xander. So you look at last last time he played, which was the, the Memorial. He goes out in 78, uh, makes the cut, I think, on the number with a 69, and then plays well on the weekend. Remember, conditions got worse and worse. He goes 72-70 on the weekend. And you can see there are there are real ceiling rounds that you get from Xander Shoffley. Like, he gains six strokes on the field. He gains four strokes on the field. He gains another five on the field. I mean, just look, it's, it's, it's not without inconsistencies. Uh, I'm going to talk in terms of strokes gained total over his last eight rounds. He's gone plus three, even, plus five, basically even, minus four, plus four, plus one, plus six. Like, he's kind of all over the place, which is more valuable in a no-cut event because you know you're going to get four rounds, so there's a higher likelihood that you get one of the one or two of these, like, really epic ceiling rounds from Xander. And he's never really out of it because of that. Even if he has the one bad round, he's not going to play himself out of it. So, and you can see he's he's he has been victim of of really bad rounds. I mean, third round at the RBC Heritage, he lost seven shots to the field. Uh, he lost two in round one of the RBC Heritage. I mean, he is not immune to a really blow up round. But when you give him a guaranteed three others, he becomes much more appealing. So that's kind of my my spiel on. Uh, Xander for this week, uh, the, the stuff on hat, I mean, Hatton and Berger, these guys probably eat up a large portion of the ownership, right? I mean, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see. It's very early on Monday. I'm recording this. We'll see as the week goes on, I'll get the, the projected ownership in here. Uh, but Hatton has been unbelievable. I, I, I mean, top five finishes all over the world. Almost every single time he tees it up. Now he doesn't tee it up often. We haven't seen him since the rocket mortgage where he finished fourth. RBC Heritage was the week before was the start before that third he won the API we know that going back worldwide he won the Turkish Airlines Open he finished well at at WGC Mexico I mean the guy's an absolute competitor just doesn't play that often Um, Berger on the other hand he's going to capture a lot of this ownership because of this right here which is if I flip over to FedEx St. Jude classic history at TPC Southwind, Berger won here twice in both 2016 and 2017. He went back 
to back, and now he's playing the best golf he's played since then, and it's not even close. Another guy who's just piling up the top tens all over the place. So he Berger will be, I assume, very chalky and for very good reason. I'm not saying I'm going to do this, but I will tell you uh, the way to win it's not a million dollars this week. I think it's 500,000. There's not a million maker. There's a $25 entry for, I think 500,000 up top. Um, the, the way to win it, the path to victory probably goes through Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, and Tony Finau because they are three guys that have a lot of question marks that I don't think a lot of people are dying to play that have amazing upside. <clears throat> we'll start with Dustin Johnson. Excuse me. It is hard to imagine and remember that Dustin Johnson won a golf tournament just a few weeks ago. He won the Travelers Championship, and he was awesome. He then went 80-80 at Mirfield Village at the Memorial to miss the cut. He then shot a 78 in round one of the 3M Open before withdrawing. So he's gone 80-80-78 in his last three rounds. He cites a back injury for the withdrawal at 3M Open. Of course, he has to give a reason he's not going to say because I want to get out of town and go to Memphis early he's been awesome at TPC Southwind okay he's he's a, he's he's won here this is a great setup for him I just don't know what to do with him and I and I think that is the way a lot of the industry is going to feel on him so when, when I'm like I'm obviously only playing him in GPPs obviously and I'd be pairing him with a lot a lot of there's a lot more safer golfers. Now, I, I guess the good news is you're going to get a guaranteed four rounds here. So, uh, you know, without a, a withdrawal or a disqualification or something like that, he's got time to kind of get those reps in and figure it out, which I think a lot of guys really need to take advantage of getting these reps in before the PGA championship, before the run at the FedEx cup, uh, before, you know, we head into this, this stretch of golf. That's going to be unbelievable. And Brooks Kepka, kind of the same thing. He's not won since this event last year. He continues to deal with the knee injury. I'm I'm probably more concerned about Brooks than I am about DJ, quite frankly. And then Tony Finau, say what you will, Finau's been awesome. Okay, I mean, I know it's disappointing that he finished eighth at the Memorial with a meltdown, and he finished third at the 3M Open in a field he probably should have won. So I know that that is disappointing, but it's still an eighth and a third. He's still been awesome for the vast majority of the golf he's played in the last three weeks or so. I mean, this goes back to when he shot that 59 at his home course like three weeks ago in Utah. I mean, he's been unbelievable since then, and I don't think a lot of people are going are, are gonna to want to pay pay for him or, or play him or stomach it. So I think Tony Finau becomes a, a very intriguing option at 9,100. In a similar vein, um, Patrick Reed's 8,800. Patrick Reed, sh- he shows up in big-time events. Say what you will. He shows up in big-time events. He won the last WGC. Um, he That was Mexico. He finished 7th at Colonial, Charles Schwab. That was essentially a major-like field. Finished 10th at the Memorial. Uh, he shows up in these big events. He has legitimate winning upside, $8,800. Tommy Fleetwood, to buy back in on Tommy Fleetwood, I think is pretty interesting. He gets like a, what? $2,000 price decrease from last week. He was very, very popular as we, I sat here and said he was going to be right. Um, and he misses the cut, but I thought at least within that missed cut, 
there were flashes of brilliance from Tommy Fleetwood. You know, there's different ways you can miss a cut. And um, he just had a couple of holes kind of at the start and the end of both of his rounds on uh, last week at the 3M Open that kind of he just was a little bit loose, right? The, the This is going to sound really stupid, but when Tommy Fleetwood was in the middle of the fairway, he was great, which a lot of guys are. But I think that that is a, a bigger note to the lack of reps Tommy Fleetwood has had in PGA Tour-like conditions. It, he had he had a really awkward like fairway bunker lie that he that he messed up. Uh, anytime he was kind of on like around the greens in awkward situations, <clears throat> he struggled there. And quite frankly, that's that's the hardest stuff to replicate when you're not on the PGA Tour. So it's hard to get your reps in, other than playing a PGA Tour event. So I, I'm more optimistic about Tommy Fleetwood this week than I than I was last week by by a mile. Do we have to talk about Jason Day and Jordan Spieth? I mean, I think we probably do. Day's been Day's been good. Day's got back to back top tens. Um, you know, there's always the the looming risk of a of a WD with the back injury. I mean, he tells us that every time he bends down, he feels like it's going to go, which is crazy. But if you're, if we're going to play the around the green game, Jason Day's uh, currently the best on tour in that category. Who else do we have here? Um, this is Stenson's first. Start back since the restart, 7,600. Not sure what to expect from him. Also not sure what to expect from Sung Im, but I want to talk about him here. He is $7,500. And I could really convince myself uh, to back him here. And the reason I think for that is a couple of things. As we've been talking about, the really top-tier players win the WGCs. I believe Sung J.M. is a top-tier player, and he was proving that before the break. The break was absolutely terrible for him. Now, you get him at $7,500, which is the lowest price he's been since, what is that, Tour Championship? That doesn't really count, though. That was a staggered start. Since the last season's BMW, that's like the last time he was this low, and he's been mostly in in the 8s and 9s for the last year. Let's look at his results here. And and clearly, since the break, it has been a terrible uh, iron stretch for him. He has lost strokes on approach in four straight events. If you go back, I can't find... No, he's lost strokes in five straight, excuse me. And I can't find another stretch in his young career in which he's done that. In fact, he's usually... Very good with his irons. So now he gets the one week off because he played every week from uh, Charles Schwab to the RBC Heritage to the Travelers to the Rocket Mortgage to Workday to the Memorial. Now it's a week off. I'm going to assume he spent that week trying to figure out what's wrong. Okay. So if he figured something out, now he's well worth more, you know, he's worth well more than $7,500 price tag that he is being. Uh, you know, tasked with this week, trying to provide value to that. So it's been ugly. I understand it. it is, this is bottom for Sung JM. It's absolutely bottom for him. I'm not ready to give up just yet because I think he is, at least compared to the other guys in the $7,000 range, like a much better option in terms of kind of like long-term skill set. 
Value-wise, um, I could go back to Burns Viesberger. Let me let me show you this really quickly. Um, you know, I was obviously very high on on Burns last week, and um, he made me look okay, I suppose. But uh, he was terrible in the opening round. In fact, I think he was two over at TPC River Highlands on Thursday, which you cannot do. Now he figured it out on the weekend, or even on Friday as well, because if you sort um, last week's field by just Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Bernd Wiesberger was the seventh best player in the field. Yeah, he was 13 under par over his last three rounds. He was five under, five under, three under, which is awesome. That's what you want to see. That's what you want to see from these guys. Get get a little momentum going. Now, the the Bermuda grass, he's not a, he's not a very good uh, putter in general, but he's even worse on, on Bermuda green. So if you're Hoping for um, that hot putter to kind of continue. I don't know if it's possible, but I at least like the fact that he was able to. He he didn't just he didn't just um, you know pack it in. He didn't just move on to this week. He 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 grinded for his final three rounds and posted some really good scores as well. I'm probably gonna try to avoid anybody below burned uh i mean i don't really want to play snedeker i don't really want to play coke rack i don't really want to play any of these guys down here that i don't think have enough uh, i'd rather build a balanced lineup or or i mean i'm sure i can get anybody i want in my lineup if i if i get burned in there at 6500 if i i don't know maybe put um who else would be good here you know someone in the like sung jm at 7500 that even opens up some options at the top so i'm not really too worried about the bottom end. Let's go to the trends tool. This is new as of a couple of weeks ago to see who's playing well compared to their baseline. So again, if you're new to this, um, what we're doing is we're looking at guys who are hitting their hitting it hitting it well tee to green, but are putting below their standard baseline. And the idea is hitting it well tee to green can can usually continue if you're playing over your head there. Uh, but being unlucky putting is one of the more quick areas to bounce back from week to week so the hottest guys or I, I i guess we should call it that would be someone like kevin streelman who's playing um or i'm sorry this is this is not the t to green versus putting one this is just the hottest guys streelman is playing 1.4 strokes uh, above his baseline right now jason day is very hot kevin na is very hot matthew wolf sergio garcia all very hot that t to green versus putting stat that i mentioned um, that is here in the breakout candidates, which which the like Tommy Fleetwood, the, the top left hand side of this quadrant are guys that you want to be targeting. So uh, Tommy Fleetwood, for example, hitting the ball very well since uh, from what we've seen from him, especially last week, but putting a over a stroke and a quarter below his normal putting baseline. Bubba Watson. Hideki Matsuyama, Joaquin Neiman, Victor Hovland, John Rahm, Paul Casey even, um, Jordan Spieth even, believe it or not, all in that upper left-hand quadrant of guys that have a profile that you would think would be able to break out this week. Colin Morikawa is in there. Max Homa is in there. He was in there last week, I believe, and played really well. Uh, the bottom right quadrant are guys you, you would want to avoid based on these metrics. These are guys that are 
not hitting it well, and they're putting over their head. They're they're getting very lucky, quote unquote, putting. Sung Kang, Matt Jones, Gary Woodland, uh, I mean Graham McDowell, Andrew Landry. These might not be guys that you're considering playing anyway, but I, I kind of rule them out because it would take um, them to continue to defy the odds and the re and reason for them to continue to find success. So let's make a model here, and this is kind of it's kind of tough this week, right? Because you have four rounds. You know, there's a lot of different ways I could do this. Um, because we have four rounds, uh, and fantasy scoring is so heavily tied to birdies and eagles, I am going to put a little bit more emphasis on birdie or better this week than most. So let's do um, 25 points there. Then, since it is a par 70, uh, I probably want to weigh the par 4s as well, so we'll do 25 there. That leads us with 50. Now, I know that stroke gained around the green was one of the most important key stats for this week so i'm going to do let's do 20 there and now that would normally leave me like i i want to i want to do strokes gain t to green right that's my favorite now i'm going to that would be double counting strokes gained around the green so actually probably what i'll do is i'll do 15 on strokes gained around the d around the around the green 20 from t to green Essentially, double counting strokes gained around the green gets me a little bit higher there, closer to the 20 that I wanted. And it leaves me with 15 left. I can go a lot of different ways here. Um, let's do driving distance, which is not necessarily a prerequisite, but always going to be something of note. And let's run this model and see where we wind up. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, one and two. Tony Finau is my third ranked player. Hideki is fourth. Now, Hideki would be the value play. I'm a little bit concerned about him, uh, quite frankly, but he's very good around the greens. He's terrible on the greens. John Rahm is my fifth ranked golfer. Bryson is my sixth. That's much lower than what my gut would say on Bryson DeChambeau, right? I mean, my, my gut says... He's probably one of the top two players in the field. Um, Terrell Hatton, I'm always a big fan of him. I'm trying to see if there's any surprises here. Maybe Tommy Fleetwood, 8700 very low price on Fleetwood, who you know was popular last week and, and kind of burned everybody. Scotty Scheffler's in here. That's the birdie or better percentage uh, speaking. So this is interesting. This is This is kind of... A lot of the guys I would consider, but maybe in different orders, right? I mean, I'd probably be higher on Bryson. I'd probably be higher on maybe Terrell Hatton. I'd probably be lower on Hideki. So this is what the model allows me to do is kind of see, you know, an unfiltered. I, I guess I guess there is a little bit of a narrative because I put in the rankings, but these are these are my rankings and how they how they come out. Let's change this a little bit though. Let's get rid of. Let's get rid of strokes gained around the green and let's um, let's do this. Let's do let's put more on strokes gained total, just because I know I, like I want guys who are I want the best players, right? And I know that sounds silly and easy to do, but I want the best players. Yeah, there's this is where Bryson jumps up to the top, right? This is the cream rising to the top model. Uh, Bryson, Rory, Justin Thomas, Finau shows up again. 
I mean, I guess it's really just the woes on on Sunday that ha- is the only concern about Tony Finau because he's been absolutely great recently. Rom, Xander, Cantlay, Hatton, Fleetwood again. So a very similar list. Shuffles these guys around just a little bit. Hideki drops out of the top 10. He's now like 12th. Scotty Scheffler hangs tight. And then Gary Woodland, you know, peeks his head into this as well. So pretty interesting. I'll mess around with this over the course of the next couple days and try to settle on a player pool. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's my custom model. I, I, I hope that helps. This is the WGC event. It's a no cut event. It's going to be a lot of fun all weekend long. Let me know what you think. Let me know what direction you're going. Tweet me at Rick run. Good. Leave a comment below. Talk to you guys. Good luck.